0: Freedom hut.
1: The mob turns on Portland's mayor, a thousand dollar fine for no mask outdoors in D.C. The Chinese consulate shut down in Houston. And our school pods racist?
0: Buck Sexton. Mission decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence.
1: Russia. One call. Make no mistake. America.
2: Break your great American.
0: This is the Buck Sexton Show.
2: Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. I think I can speak for three hours without a phone call. Try doing that sometime.
0: It is Buck Sexton.
2: Now.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Buck Sexton Show. I want to jump right to it. Are you feeling that right now? There's so much happening. It's a presidential campaign. It's an election season that no one's really talking about. The political candidates very much or their platforms or anything else. No, we're just in the midst of a fight for the future of America on the streets and across the country. That's what's happening right now. And Democrats have got a problem. They are now the riot party. They're firmly entrenched on the side of rioters across America. And the media is working overtime, bending over backwards, doing everything they can to make it either seem like these protests are mostly peaceful, when we know they're not. Or, they just don't cover this. We are now in almost two months of nightly mayhem in Portland, Oregon. Almost two months, every night. And the only thing you're hearing from the mainstream media, from CNN and ABC and New York Times and all the rest, about what's going on in Portland is how scary it is that Trump has sent federal law enforcement officers to assist because of the lawlessness on the streets of Portland. I'm I'm looking at this and saying it's amazing that any honest person, any intelligent human being could have a problem with what Trump is doing right now. When you understand how federal law enforcement actually works, where it is, how it works hand in glove with local law enforcement all across the country all the time. But no, the the focus is on Trump sending in the Stasi. These are probably the people that will help him not leave the Oval Office if he wins again or if he doesn't lose. Rather, (laughs) whatever. Either way, they're going to help him not leave the Oval Office. Uh, Mayor Ted Wheeler I want to give him credit. Mayor, mayor Ted Wheeler, along with uh, Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, Mayor de Blasio of New York, Mayor Durkin of Seattle. These world class morons serve an important purpose because they tell other world class morons all over the all over the planet. Hey, you, too, could be the mayor of a major U.S. city because you could be a total idiot. Look at this. What a disaster. What a disaster. So Ted Wheeler last night, and I was watching these clips as they were popping up on, on social media. and Ted Wheeler decided to go down because, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm a person of the people. I'm going to go down. And I'm going to talk to them. I totally am with them, man. We're going to dismantle systemic racism together. Yeah, sure. Sure you are, buddy. Sure you are. The Portland mayor went down mask, of course, masked up. Uh, He went down. And one thing we know for sure, a cotton or fabric mask does not help you with tear gas, really. So there's that. Uh, He went down to hang out and talk to the mob, the Antifa Democrat base. Remember, these are Democrats. I'm going to keep saying it. They're all going to vote for Biden if they vote at all. They all support Democrat policies. They adhere to the beliefs of mainstream left-wing American ideology, right? That's where they are. And Ted Wheeler goes down there to have a conversation with them. And here's some of how, here's some of how it goes. Play, uh, play clip nine. It
3: stings. It's hard to breathe. And... Uh, I can tell you uh, with 100% honesty, I saw nothing that provoked this response.
1: It's nasty stuff. I'm not afraid that I am pissed off. What are you pissed about?
3: This, this this is a, a egregious overreaction on the part of the federal officers. There was nothing that I signed with that warranted this reaction. Uh,
2: and all it's doing, as you can see, they haven't stopped the storm. They've fired munitions, they've fired the All it's doing is piss everybody off even more.
3: It's made people angry. They've come in and they've clicked a hornet's nest. So this is not a de escalation strategy. This is flat out urban warfare.
1: Urban warfare, he says, from not the lunatics with weapons. And moving in paramilitary formation on the street to break laws in his city. he's the mayor. He's supposed to keep law and order in that city. Remember, the police force is under the supervision under the direction of the mayor's office. So there's lawlessness in his city, and Ted Wheeler of Portland wants you to know that the overreaction of the federal government's the real problem here. Yeah. Oh yeah. What a stunningly, grotesquely, stupid, weaselly, dishonest moron. Why is he down there at all? Now, I I wish I could play for you, but we really can't because there's so much. uh, There's all this video online of him down there in the heart of these protests. And he's really one. And they're not a protest. They're riots. I'm sorry. We got to use the pro These are Democrats who are rioting. They're not protesters who want a conversation. That's media spin. That's a lie. These are rioting Democrats. It's not a mostly peaceful protest. It is explicitly openly intended to cause fear and destruction and use the threat of force to get their way. Like domestic terrorists. But I couldn't play for you, although it would be really fun. All of the all of the video, all the audio that's out there where Mayor Ted Wheeler shows up to his constituents, right? These are all people who I'm sure uh, voted for Ted Wheeler or would, again, if they do vote. And do do you know what they were yelling? Blank you, Ted Wheeler. Shut the blank up. I mean, there's so much just scorn and humiliation. This guy's pummeled with it, and he's on their side, right? And you can just hear him in his head I'm on your side. Why don't you like me more? I'm on your side but he can't really say that. Although he says he's with them in solidarity on the issue of dismantling structural racism and all this stuff of course. I mean the mayor is such a buffoon. He's saying that he didn't he didn't I didn't see anything that justifies this. They lit a federal courthouse on fire last night. Uh, that's arson. People should go to prison for a very long time for that. The BLM protesters in Minnesota did this a couple months ago and killed somebody. Arson is a serious crime. Destruction of property is a crime. I know Democrats like to pretend, oh, it's just stuff. It's just stuff. No, no, the government has an obligation to protect safety and to protect property. Or else we should all take it into our own hands to do both. And we know the libs don't want that heaven forbid, the the law-abiding, the rational, the reasonable take up arms in their own defense. Well, we know what happens, what happened in St. Louis. Then the prosecutors all of a sudden will bare their teeth. Then the prosecutors will come after you. They will try to make an example of you. Uh, This is true Democrat prosecutors across the country now. If you stand up against the mob, you're the problem. But I have to tell you, it was just... So amazing, really, to watch the mayor of a pretty good-sized city marching and walking alongside and, and pandering to the left. And they hate him. That's what he doesn't understand. You can bow to this mob. You can, it exists as a mob. There are no concessions you can make. There's nothing you can do to make them like you. They want him to resign. That's what they were calling for as well when they weren't cursing at him. They want him to resign. Are they going to get a more far left, uh, better mayor than this guy? You know, as a leftist, I'm saying, are they going to get somebody who's even more progressive and insane? No, I don't think so. I I don't even know how that's possible. And this guy seems like he's to the left of AOC. If there's any space to the left, I don't know. They hate him, though. They ridicule him. They mock him. They think he's a joke, too, because he at least has to put on the appearance of being a politician who has some some grounding in reality. But this is this is what I really want you to take from this. The Democrats are in a spasm of rage and craziness right now. The de- whole Democrat Party. They've got a pathetic candidate in Joe Biden. They know this. We all see it. pathetic, not inspiring. Not not uh, not skillful, not particularly intelligent, too old, boring, credibly accused of sexual assault too. We never talk about that anymore. Isn't that interesting? That's just that's never even brought up, is it? Uh, we have that guy on the Democrat side, and as long as that's who they put forward, I don't think that serious people have to treat the opinions of outraged Democrats seriously. This is absurd. But there is, I think, a growing recognition among the Democrat Party that now they've they've made their they've made their bed. Now they have to sleep in it. They've made the decision here. They are the party of riots. They are the riot party. They have to back these up. They have to find justifications for this. They have to make sure that all of their politicians take the softest possible touch in keeping these riots from completely spilling out of control and causing even more widespread destruction and possibly even a body count at some point. That's the real that's the real concern that we're all worried about. Um, But they've created a monster here, you see, and they're in are in the early stages of seeing it's not clear that in a general election year, they're really going to be able to control this. They thought it was great. BLM protests for George Floyd. Yeah, they thought it was great. Get everyone out on the streets. Forget about the pandemic. Everybody out on the streets. Go for it. We got our people. We got our Democrats out there marching and making demands and corporate America running scared and all this stuff, all this stuff. Now, what do they do? Now they are expecting these mobs are expecting to get their way and they're not going away. And the lockdowns feed into this, too, because there's not enough normal life to drown out these lunatics and to give them something else to do. They have nothing else to do. They're not going away. The Democrat Party has to own this now. Chicago is a war zone. Portland is a riot zone. New York is falling apart. These are major nodes of Democrat power. These are large American cities. New York the largest, Chicago the third largest. And what are Democrats offering up to people? The only way that you could see this working out in their favor is in some ways the most breathtakingly cynical and disturbing one, and that is that the the implied promise of the Democrat Party going into this election is... Vote for our guy or the riots never stop. Vote for our guy or we extend the lockdown so far. You won't even remember what normal life is like. Their, their plan is not to appeal to the American voter in the middle. right? Forget about the crazy left and the Democrat base. Their plan is not to appeal to the voter in the middle. It's to terrify them. And the only way this stops is if you vote for Biden. That is their pitch. They are holding the American, uh, the American people hostage. And that's what you see in Portland. That's why the mayor goes down there. He knows the game, and they're practically spitting at the guy, cursing at him, and telling him to resign. Democrats better be careful how this goes for them. It all seemed great for them a month ago, six weeks ago. Not so much anymore.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: Under Operation Legend, we will also soon send federal law enforcement to other cities that need help. Other cities need help. They need it badly. They should call. They should want it. They're too proud or they're too political to do that. One of them is Albuquerque, New Mexico, where last fall, 55-year-old Jackie Vihil was murdered as she was getting into her car to go to the gym. We're joined today by her husband, Sam, and her sons, Raul and Kevin, both New Mexico state police officers. Operation Legend, named for a young boy,
1: killed sleeping in his bed in Missouri. It has already been underway, this operation in Missouri, for some weeks, but now Trump is expanding it, using federal law enforcement agencies to assist cities in areas where there is lawlessness and a spike in violent crime. How could any person, any person in authority, any person in the media, anyone paying attention, think that this is anything other than a good thing, right? Don't you want federal law enforcement to assist? Wouldn't you want there to be highly trained, reliable, well-equipped federal officers acting completely within the law. All this stuff you're, you're hearing from the libs is whining crap. Uh, they don't wear the patches the way we want them to. Uh, they used an unmarked vehicle. Uh. They're federal law enforcement officers. You know They, they were all in favor of the un, unobstructed power of the surveillance state when it came to Comey and the deep state hacks trying to help Hillary. But now when it comes to stopping uh, either riots or stopping just unthinkable violent crime in Chicago, they're complaining about this. They're, They're whining. There's no way that you could say that anyone is objecting to this in good faith. It's not possible to object in good faith. People are just looking for objections because Trump is doing it and because think about what happens. If these cities calm down after the deployment of federal police resources, what does it look like if in Chicago next month shootings are down 20 percent, 30 percent? Wow. it, It would make people think not only has Trump made a good decision, but what should we think of the decision that the Democrats have been pushing for for the last three months? Defund the cops. Blame the cops. They're racist. They're part of white supremacy and a racist system. The stupidity of those statements, the stupidity of those claims is mind blowing. And it's worse than just being stupid. It's also a policy blunder. People are suffering because Democrats like to say things that make them and their political ideology feel righteous and they're self-righteous. They're sanctimonious. That is who they are. This was really all about their political mobilization and just a an orgy of virtue signaling from Democrats. Oh, we're just we care so much. Yeah, out on the streets. Defund police. Yeah. BLM, man. Yeah. These people are pathetic. They're pathetic. They're not helping anyone. They're making everything worse. They don't have the ability to think critically about what's going on in these cities. They know nothing about law enforcement. They know nothing about the history of these cities and what has worked and what hasn't. But we suffer because of their stupidity and because of a a just shockingly cowardly mainstream media. These people are so lucky to have the jobs that they do. They're overwhelmingly on the ones on TV in particular are overpaid it's entirely replaceable, unimpressive, narcissistic clowns. And they're hurting this country. They're actually hurting America by saying defund cops.
0: Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: That is why we are here today to answer the pleas of those crying for justice and crying for help. For those people in Chicago and other cities where we'll be, help is on its way. Help is on the way.
1: It is indeed, except the Democrats don't want help. Why is that? Are, are they, they should be asked this question. You'll recall that the Democrats went through a period where they were saying before defund the police became the rallying cry, it was abolish ICE abolish ICE, abolish ICE. That's what they were saying. That's what we were being told. And then when enough Democrat politicians, when enough Democrat politicians had to be asked the question, so so you want to abolish ICE, so we shouldn't have any enforcement of immigration law. That, that should not exist anymore. Because remember, it was abolish ICE. It wasn't, cut ICE's funding 10%. Abolish ICE. Okay. What are you going to replace it with? And the Sandernistas would go on TV, Bernie Sanders and his and his crew would go on TV and they would say, you know, they'd mumble something about, a, you know, a, oh, kids in cages. Oh, my gosh. You know, they'd say the stuff that he, the, the talking points and then and then they would end up having to say, well, we're going to, like, fold that responsibility into another federal agency or create a new create a new one. Oh, so you're going to abolish ICE to create uh, you know, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, right? Abolish ICE so you can create a new ICE that does the same thing that the old ICE did because that is necessary, you utter buffoons. So they had to back away from that. They, they lost on that one. They, you, you don't hear them talking about abolish ICE anymore, do you? That was a, uh, two years ago, the summer of, what was it, 2018? Oh, that was a big one. Remember, AOC went down there. Oh, Border Patrol was threatening me and all that stuff that was going on. Really? You're going to you're going to go after federal law enforcement like that? You're going to claim that you were being threatened. I mean, the stuff that was happening from from the Democrats was just it was disgraceful. But, you know, that was their identity politics, open borders all coming together. What's their position now going to be? Okay, so we've had all this conversation about police. Trump signed and it was a mistake. But hey, the Trumpster, the Trumpster's back, baby. He's doing what he needs to do. Uh, He signed an executive order on law enforcement reform to do transparency. Do you even hear about transparency anymore and all this stuff? Nah. what about statues? I thought we were supposed to be also worried about the statues that were uh, a form of inanimate tyranny all across the country, right? I, what, oh, no, we're not talking about that anymore. It's just every week it changes. Whatever the Libs can get angry about, oh, I'll change this team, this sports team's name. Oh, fire some people from the New York Times because they don't agree 100% with the craziest left-wing ideology. All the stuff that you see. What exactly is their argument against federal law enforcement officers in U.S. cities enforcing the law? They're not telling you that they're Not enforcing the law. Right. They're trying to say that they don't like their tactics or oh, it's uh, they're uh, Ted Wheeler. They're kicking the hornet's nest. Mm. What's what's the real answer? They need to be pushed. If we had a serious media, every Democrat, including Joe hiding down in the basement, every Democrat would have to answer the question. Why do you think that you don't need federal law enforcement assistance for your city? You already have federal law enforcement operating in your city all the time, and have for as long as you've been the mayor or you know the governor of your state, whatever it may be. So, what's the what is the real explanation here? Well, it turns out uh, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago has now agreed, as of today, to work with a, an additional federal deployment um, of troops. I'm sorry. Pardon me. of law enforcement. I know it's uh, that's going to happen sometimes because it's weird. We don't think of law enforcement as being deployed in that way because law enforcement's all over the country already. So Chicago is going to have. Um, Ch- Chicago is going to have additional federal assistance, and let's hope that they are able to bring down the violent crimes. I mean, this is exactly what you need. You need U.S. Marshals going after the worst gang bangers. You need DEA going after the cartel connections to these gangs and you know, going after MS-13, going after the Bloods and the Crips and you know, Latin Kings and all these different national gang affiliations. Those law enforcement agencies do that all the time. You want to stop violent crime? Stop the violent criminals. We know this. This has been established for a long time. Democrats though they're on the wrong side of this issue and now they're scrambling. They're scrambling. And Trump has finally been able to and and I I've been saying, where is the counterpunch where Trump is finally now on political offense. And it's political offense where he's right. He is helping America. He is going to help save lives, save neighborhoods, save minority lives predominantly. And all of this is showing what the Democrat Party is really about. The relentless and ruthless pursuit of power at the expense of the very people they claim to care so much about. That's why you have these uh, these complete morons like de Blasio. De Blasio is the worst mayor in America, but seems to think that he's not under the jurisdiction of America. These mayors are like, oh, well, we're, we're going to stop them. They can't know. No. The mayor has mayor has no no ability whatsoever in the law to tell the FBI that they can't enforce laws in New York City. Mm -mm. Not how our system works. In fact, if you look back at our history, really look at our history and why we have the system we do of of federalism and of, of states and the federal government working together, putting down insurrections and restoring law and order and preventing states from violating federal law as a function of policy, go back to Eisenhower, go back to uh, integrating the schools against the wishes of Democrats. By the way. You look at what has happened in the past and you understand that, of course, presidents do this. These federal law enforcement agencies exist to enforce the laws in states they're not just buildings in D.C. that have no mission, that have no mandate. They have personnel all over the country. Some might argue they have too many personnel and too many agencies. There are dozens of federal law enforcement agencies. I can't name them all. I can't even begin to. Dozens of federal law enforcement agencies. So there's a lot happening right now. This this has been the first week I can think of in really certainly since the you know, certainly since the pandemic felt like it was breaking a bit uh, where Trump has been able to be on political offense And also doing just the right thing for the country. This isn't just about messaging. It's about protecting people.
2: Play clip three. Today, I'm announcing a surge of federal law enforcement into American communities plagued by violent crime. We'll work every single day to restore public safety, protect our nation's children and bring violent perpetrators to justice. We've been doing it and you've been seeing what's happening all around the country. We've just started this process, and frankly, we have no choice but to get involved. What would be the alternative?
1: What would be the other way to go? Allow these cities to continue with this mayhem? Look, the Democrats, I understand they're not in an enviable position right now. It was, it was all great when they could, there was one incident of heinous police brutality that we all saw, we all condemned... But Democrats didn't care that we all saw and condemned, saw it, condemned it, and that there was going to be probably a life sentence handed to this. We'll see. It's handed to the hand of the officer involved. No. And then then it turned into this this huge, this movement and protests and, and protests around the world. The uprising of the left, that's what it was. That was the inciting uh, inciting issue used to uh, for a, a broad uprising of the left and the international left, too. I mean, now, now we're getting into some real Marxist kind of stuff. But what have been the results of this, as I've been saying now for weeks, and I'm glad that others have been following me into the breach on this one, Black Lives Matter has made everything worse for everyone so far. Except for some of the organizers who are getting uh, lining their pockets and some of the people in the media who use this to grow they're following and, and improve their reach and so on and so forth. This is uh, disgraceful what they've done, what they've done to the country. And I'm happy to see that if you're paying attention, it could not be more clear that the Democrats are the party of riots and that they have put themselves on that side. They think that rioting and destroying property and attacking police is a legitimate form of political expression. They do not condemn it. Find me condemnations, real condemnations, not, you know, yeah, we need laws to be enforced, but no. I mean, hey, knock off all this crap in Portland, in Seattle. Hey, let's band together and go after the people who are shooting toddlers in chicago how could we not be entirely united on this Well, democrats have other political goals and they think that the, the problem is a lack of uh social services or something that will stop people from shooting up a funeral and hitting 15 individuals that will stop it if only we had uh, less um less you know, billionaires running around controlling things or if we had just think of all the left wing talking points you can think of. If our police departments weren't all some way systemically racist. Just think about it. That's what they offer up to you. It's not going to solve anything. In fact, they intentionally deflect responsibility away from where the real problems are and think that think that we should be uh, listening to them they won't even deal with the root causes the root problems of issues of crime and lawlessness i mean don't even get me started on how many of these antifa idiots we see that that went to you know uh, that i'm sure studied in incredibly liberal universities and spent tens of thousands of dollars to learn nothing just to be indoctrinated into being fools utter fools We got we got a lot of problems. We had a lot of things to clean up. But sending in federal law enforcement, that's a cleanup that needs to happen right now.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: All right. So what are the libs saying about all this? I've told you they're they're in a tough spot right now. They got real. They were really Having a having a field day, having a great time, pretending to care so much about racism. Yes, we're dismantling structural racism. Let's have a lot of white protesters scream in the face of black cops and call them horrible names. That's what Democrats are all about. Okay, Uh, what are the Democrats actually saying? You got Chicago Mayor Lightfoot. Remember, she was the one who uh, quite famously during the pandemic lockdown was like, no one's allowed to get haircuts. And then someone said, hold on a second. You just got a haircut. She goes, yeah, but. I'm public-facing. Oh, okay. In that case, I guess it's not hypocritical. Um, here is what Lightfoot is, is claiming, or a, she was as of this morning. I, I think it's had to change because now she's working with Trump or accepting federal law enforcement. It's not like she has a choice. Can I just put that out there? Play seven. And I'm calling on all Chicagoans that if you see something that doesn't look right,
0: Please don't hesitate to report it. Call 911, call 311. We are going to remain diligent. And if we see any steps out of line, particularly with DHS or Border Patrol, we are not going to
1: hesitate to take the president to court and stop any unconstitutional actions. We're going to take him to court. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take the FBI and the DEA and US Marshals to court. And DHS. Yeah. What? what, 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 How is this sensible at all? In in what world? Why is she assuming that federal law enforcement is going to be violating the Constitution? They're operating in her city every day. Does she? She's Chicago Police Department, I can assure you, could use. U.S. Marshals taking some of the high risk warrants off their hands, for example, and saying, hey, no, we'll we'll go get we'll go get that that gang leader. We'll take that one for you guys. Don't worry about it. We got that in a normal world in this country, usually. And I've seen this right. I've been a part of terrorism investigations where we had CBP, DHS, FBI, U.S. Marshals, you name it. They'll bring in fish and wildlife if they need to, for some reason, right? But I mean, whatever it is, and we all work together. Yeah, there's little turf battles and that's nonsense. At the end of the day, we want to get the bad guys, we want to keep people safe. She's acting like federal. Th- th- these are law enforcement officers, just like her own cops in Chicago. And she's acting like they're an invading army or something. Ooh, if you see anything bad from them. Uh, OK, sure. We'll, we'll wait on that one. Good luck amazing you know look at this whatever trump is for they're against this is it's more of the same whatever trump wants to do they oppose trump wants to use good cops who have federal training and resources to save lives nope don't like that why trump completely nuts completely nuts um let's have uh what do we
2: have next year oh yes
1: de blasio he, he actually even blames his own cops in
2: New York. Play eight. But let's face it. The entire society has been through uh, just an epic dislocation. People don't have work. People don't go to school. They don't have anything. And uh, we're going to fix it. We're going to deal with it. Remember, Allison, this is a city 25 years ago going through hell with crime. And we fought our way back and we'll fight our way through this. But we have to do it. The way that works for New York City, it can't be about someone else sending in folks not trained the right way to be here, who only unfortunately would make things worse and could lead to more violence. That's the great irony. You send in folks who are not meant for this work and even worse things happen.
1: What a complete and utter disgrace and just a moron. They're trained for this work. Honestly, I'm just going to say it. I've worked at the federal level. I've worked at the local level for the NYPD. They're generally better trained for the work. More federal. And that's not a knock on any local law enforcement. But the federal resources, you all know, are a lot more extensive. What is de Blasio even talking about? And it's complete. It's just lies, folks. It's just lies. Now now we're just in the sea of Democrat lies trying to make our way through it. Thanks for listening
0: to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the
1: iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, you know who we haven't heard from yet? Hillary! Hello? She's still out there. Still lurking. Still waiting for that opportunity. I'm back! I know. I'm going to blast out your ears. I don't want you falling asleep while you listen to the Buck Sexton Show. She's back. Okay. So... What's the latest from her? Oh well, uh, she's trying to tell everybody, yeah, go for it, be vicious to the other side, act like lunatics, forget forget about any deference or respect or decency toward cops. Just just go uh, be the most outrageous left wing agitators you can right now because Republicans are such a threat. Play clip five.
0: You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength.
1: So she's saying all basically all out political war. That's what she is calling for. And I think it's important to understand that's what we're in. That's the reality of the situation, the, the circumstances of this country right now. Uh, you know, and this is Hillary. She's going to be president last time around. It's not like there are some Democrats who are really radical. But then there are the elder statesman Democrats who are saying, hold on, guys, we got we got to bring everyone together. There's no there's no effort at unity. It's scorched earth against Trump and all of his supporters. Think of that ESPN analyst, Jameel Hill, uh, saying that there's no leeway. If you vote for Trump, you're a racist. There's no leeway, no gray area. And this is an idea that is held by many people in the media. I mean, you should see, I had eight Trump retweets in a row this morning. Uh, Eight Trump retweets, and the stuff that's being said to me in my timeline on Twitter, from Libs, of course. I mean, my conservatives are like, oh, nice tweets, Buck. And it's really nice that the president shares my thoughts with his 80 million followers. And it was, you can check his Twitter feed. It was, it was like eight in a row, I think, was the number. I haven't seen the president take one person's Twitter account and do eight in a row in quite a while. So he likes the uh, he likes the Bucksters Twitter game, which is appreciated. Uh, but it's a reminder whenever that happens, because then the blue check libs just oh they all. I'm always amazed too how many. How many blue check libs are like, you're named after a porn star. Oh, you're named after a porn star. That's a really ooh, sick burn. Oh, man. Now, now I'm going to stop doing what I do for a living because you have made the dumbest joke that I've ever heard. That's been made by every half wit I've ever met. Uh, so, yeah, good job. Good job. Blue check libs. I love that one. It's, it's a good it's good, though. It's an intelligence test. People are like, has anyone ever told you you're a name like a porn star? That's brilliant. No, no one's ever told me that before. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm, you know, like my, my parents had a kind of an interesting sense of humor. So, speaking about Hillary, uh, for a second, I, I want to bring to your attention what we could consider to be something of an update on the Hillary Clinton email case. I know you're not seeing it talked about that way, but but I'm going to tell you about it. I think it's very important because at a time when we're thinking so much as a country about law and order and what that means and why it's important that we're all held to the same standards. Here we see it took some time, but we see just ironclad evidence of the double standard that exists for connected, politically important Democrats and leftists and everybody else. There is a two-tiered system of justice, one for people who the system, the establishment, the Democrat left likes, needs, wants to wants to support, and then a system for everybody else. And I'm not saying this is the only two-tiered justice system. I want to be very clear about that. You know, yes, if you are very rich and connected, regardless of political party, you're likely to do much better in the justice system than somebody who's not. That's true. But when we're talking about politicization. Of the Justice Department at the highest level. It could not be more clear that Democrats are allowed to play by a different just a a different set of rules than the rest of us. That's that's where this is. That's the reality. And then that brings me to this story in uh, ABC, ABC News Uh, Raytheon employee sentenced for keeping classified documents at his home. Uh, Ahmed Sarah Geldin worked on a ballistic missile defense system. They say that he's a Raytheon engineer who endangered national security. He was sentenced to one and a half years in prison on Wednesday. He worked on a radar defense system used to defend against ballistic missiles and had pleaded guilty to keeping classified national defense documents about that system at his home without authorization. Sarah then apologized for his behavior. I was sloppy, but I've always been loyal to my job and to the the country. He said this before his sentence was handed down. He took over 3,100 digital documents, according to the assistant U.S. attorney, adding that he took more than 100 physical documents. More than 500 of those documents were labeled classified and exposed to anyone who wanted to see them. A defendant deserves this serious sentence because he deliberately endangered national security, at the very least by keeping national defense information where it was viewable. Um, They asked for five years initially in the sentence from five years in federal prison. He got a year and a half. Uh, They the defense attorneys asked for probation because of the following. He didn't transfer secret documents anywhere. He just brought them home. He he did not he did not sell them to anyone. He did not give them to anyone. He did not transfer them to anyone. He is not a traitor or a spy. That's very important. All right. That's all from the article. Why am I telling you about this? This guy had possession, okay, on an unsecured computer of classified information. That's it. That is his. That is the crime. That is the full, you know, uh, uh, documents and digital documents, right? But he he had classified information in his possession. That's what he is going to prison for. And people they try to say a lot of stuff to try to, you know, muddy up the waters. No, 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 no. That's all. Did not commit espionage. Did not sell this stuff. There's no reason to believe anyone ever saw or got any of these documents or information. No intrusions detected. Nothing. He just had it in the he kept it in the wrong place. OK, kept it in the wrong place. Who else did that? Anyone to take a guess? Who else had over 100 instances of classified information, including special access program information, highly, highly classified on a private, unsecured server? Oh, that's right. Hillary Clinton did, didn't she? We were told Hillary Clinton did not break the law by James Comey and by the Loretta Lynch Democrat Justice Department. How can anyone see what's happened here and not understand that that was just that was a lie? And and I've said this all along. You know, I've been consistent on this. Hillary Clinton broke the law. There's no there's no debate over that. She had classified on her private server. Some of it marked a lot of it. She would have known was classified as the sitting secretary of state. She had an even greater responsibility. This guy's a Raytheon contractor. The contractor for the government, low level guy. She was the secretary of state and flagrantly and knowingly. That was the big, the biggest lie of all was let's just pretend like Hillary Clinton has an IQ of 15 and, and then she'll get, you know, get away with this. That was what they did. Didn't know what C meant in the classification markings in the portion markings of a document. No, that means that means uh, that it's classified. That means confidential. Anybody who's ever worked with classified knows this. She lied. What like what what like with a cloth? Squawk. You mean wipe it with a cloth? They lied to you about the law. The Obama Justice Department lied to you about the law. James Comey took the fall. Not that it was a fall, it was really actually just adding zeros to his book deal. He's writing another book. This guy's this guy's frightening. I and mean, he's a real sociopath. But they made the whole thing go away. It, it was illegal. What she did was a crime. And now I'm not I never I was always honest with you. There are people. Oh, she should go to prison for 20 years for treason. No, 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 that's not. She should have had to take in a in a realistic world. She should have had to take a a guilty plea, a misdemeanor, most likely plead down. I know you don't want to hear that, but this is what would have happened. Probably a misdemeanor guilty plea for mishandling classified. Get six months probation and have her clearance pulled forever. Now, you might say, Buck, that's not that severe. I know. But do you think that the would-be president of the United States, the Democrat candidate, pleading guilty to a crime of mishandling classified information right before the election happens, do you think that might have hurt her chances a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Convicted criminal Hillary Clinton not 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 for like a tax fraud thing either. Right. Convicted criminal for mishandling classified, even if it was very minor. That would have been that would have been it. They knew, they knew that she was going to there's no way she's going to win the election if that happens. Right. So what they do, they lied to you. This guy, this this guy. Look, what he did is stupid and he shouldn't have done it. I'm not defending it. I'm just pointing out the obvious double standard. He takes classified home. He goes to prison. Hillary is trafficking classified on an open server on a regular basis over a hundred, over a hundred counts. That is the fact of the case. Not even not even charges brought, not even an attempt to punish. Does anyone really think that they could win an argument with an intelligent person about whether there's a two tiered justice system for Democrats who are important to the Democrat Party? Why do you think the left still lionizes James Comey, uh, an abject fraud? And and it's terrifying that that guy was as senior as he was in the United States government. But the United States government at the top level in these bureaucracies has been full of losers for a long time. I'm just going to tell you that a lot of losers, the appointees and also the careerists, not impressive people, way too in love with themselves, think that they're so holier than thou and that they're they're doing all this amazing work all the time. And they get a little drunk with the power, for sure. Hillary got away with it, folks. It was a a horrific injustice. So as we talk about law and order and law enforcement, let's not forget, the Democrats will just pretend the laws don't exist when it suits them, whether it's rioters in Portland or their presidential nominee violating classified protocols.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: America must be a sanctuary for law-abiding citizens, not criminal aliens. My vision for America's cities could not be more different from the lawlessness being pushed by the extreme radical left. While others want to defund, defame, and abolish the police, I want to support and honor our great police. While the radicals want to abolish charter schools and eliminate school choice, I want to expand school choice, and every family in America should have that option. While others want to destroy opportunities, shut down businesses, and send our jobs overseas, we are hiring Americans, and we are buying American product. We want to build factories in Baltimore, not Beijing. We want to make our products in Chicago, not Shanghai. We want the American dream for American children. And I will fight to deliver that dream. Every ounce, every single ounce of my strength, I will be fighting. Biden and Obama
1: released a video focusing on Trump's response to COVID-19. Shouldn't be surprised by that at all. Because they... Really don't want to get too into the law enforcement debate right now. It's not looking good for Democrats. They're on weak ground. They've embraced the lunatics. They've defended the lunatics. They've encouraged them. And now enough people are starting to see what the heck is going on in Portland. What was going on in Seattle with the autonomous zone? Why are there so many shootings and murders in Chicago all the time? Over 2,000 shootings. 2,000. I mean, this is when I heard that number yesterday. I was like, "You got to be—that's just not possible." It is, it is two two thousand shootings, about uh, you know, call it a little, between six and seven shootings a day in Chicago on an, on an annual basis. It's unbelievable, unbelievable what we see happening there, and I think that finally the the wake up is happening. And and people are understanding what's really going on uh, in a way that Democrats are are they're not panicked, but they realize, uh oh, this is a problem. This is a problem. I'm sorry. Yeah, over two thousand shootings so far this year. And it's not. So it's it's much more actually on an annualized basis than what I'd said. Um, two thousand shootings. Uh, the Chicago Tribune says that Chicago has had forty. Oh my gosh, 40,000 homicides in 63 years. That's unbelievable. Really, really violent city. But you know who's going to fix it? You know what they're telling you you got to do? You've got to put this guy in charge. You've got to put Joe Biden in the role of president. He's going to fix everything for you. He's going to make it all better. Um here's Joe Biden. Play thirteen.
2: And I had a nurse at, at uh nurses at uh Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow. And go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in uh you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get get me moving.
1: Uh, This is who they this is who they want to be the president of the United States. He folks, he's too old for this. We all know this. He doesn't he doesn't have it, doesn't have it. And anybody who's telling you otherwise is just pretending that they don't see it when it it couldn't be more clear. Here you go. Here's Joe Biden. Play play 11.
2: Look what he's doing now. He's blaming everything on, on 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 China He's blaming everything on the Chinese. He's blaming everything, on, and people don't make a distinction, as you well know, when a South Korean and, a, and someone from Beijing, they make no distinction. It's Asia, and that's the way. He, and he's just using it as a wedge. What?
0: It,
1: it, it, people, no distinction. People don't make a distinction between China and Asian America. What is I? I listen to Biden and I have to think sometimes I'm not clear. I don't even know how to criticize it because it's not really clear what he thinks he's trying to say. That's who they want to make uh, president. He's going to do such a better job. And remember, he was vice president under Obama and there were race riots that was happening. Baltimore, St. Louis neighborhoods burned down, terrible stuff going on, terrible stuff happening. Well, what was that supposed to accomplish? What were they doing to deal with that? Oh, you know, they, oh, let's let's have another Obama speech where we're all supposed to sit there and go, oh, Obama's so amazing. And he would say the most platitudinous stuff, you know, well, you know, we need to have, you know, tough conversations sometimes. But we're not actually going to have that conversation. We also need law enforcement to do a better job to overcome the, you know, historical oppression of the past or whatever. Right. I mean, didn't do anything. Didn't do anything, Didn't fix anything. Didn't help anybody. Didn't do anything. A lot of talk want to talk on these issues the obama administration was bad for law and order the blm movement started under the obama administration and yet biden somehow offers himself up as the answer to all this it's just my friend sometimes it's too much to take you sit around and you think when when will they just give up lying so brazenly but i don't know when that's gonna i don't know when that's going to happen uh it's never going to happen actually (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Buck
0: Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is what you see in countries where you have dictators in third world countries with dictators who have paramilitary that they can call up against the people anytime they want. As a matter of fact, it has been suggested that this is a trial run for the president of the United States who may be organizing uh, to not accept uh, what happens when we have the election. If he's not elected, is he going to pull out? His military? Is he going to engage us? He is already alluded to there may be a civil war if he's not reelected.
1: Is there anything that is too egregious, conspiratorial and outrageous for a Democrat member of Congress to say about this president? I think we all know the answer is no. But there is another great example of what you what you can get away with if you're a Democrat. What you're allowed to say, the president may be organizing his military. We're talking about federal law enforcement, which is not military. You would hope that members of Congress would understand that distinction. But this is what we're being told, my friends, being told the president might not leave office as if that's not poisoning the discourse even more in our politics. Um, but the the uh, focus this week you've seen is, is going to be on the maximum amount, the maximum panic that we can see from uh, the COVID right now. Uh, they're, they're trying to not talk about the law enforcement issue because Trump has finally figured out the right approach deploying these federal law enforcement officers. So what are they doing? They're saying, well, let, let's talk about how terrible Trump is on, uh, on the COVID response. And one thing that has been clear to me all along is we, we, we keep refusing to learn the lessons based on what's actually happened, And there are a lot of people who are very incentivized for a whole bunch of reasons to push policies, ideas and responses that are not rooted in the science, that are not rooted in the facts and the data. You now have in Washington, D.C., you now have a mask mandate, a mask mandate, a thousand dollar fine is what you face from this mask mandate if outdoors mind you you have if you are outside you could be fined a thousand dollars and you could even go to jail it depends on how many offenses you've committed for not wearing a mask outdoors we've been through this and and even the even the scientists that are you know a little bit a bunch of big libs you know even the public policy the hell dr fauci even Fouch, you ask, hey, Fouch, you got to wear a mask outside? And Fauch will be like, hey, I don't I mean, let's not be stupid. You don't got to wear a mask outside. I mean, come on. Wear a mask all the rest. Wear a mask in the shower, in the bed, you know. Wear a mask while you got the, uh, you're doing the horizontal mambo. Got to wear a mask. But you got to make sure that you don't necessarily wear a mask outside all the time because that's nuts, right? The, the Fouch has made this much clearer. Mask wearing outdoors. Unnecessary. It is unnecessary. OK, now let's look at where we are on. Now, I mean, now, look, when I said he probably advises people to do it, but it's not rooted in data. This is where we're. this is what we're told now. Oh, maybe if it saves just one infection. Right. It used to be with guns and gun control. The Democrats would always say if it saves one life, there's. No infringement upon your freedoms. That is too much. If it saves just one life, if it stops, just one infection has become the new standard that has become the new uh, declaration from the public health authorities that are out there. And it's just uh, it's just disgusting. You know, But you've got Democrats that realize this is their single most effective line of attack against Trump. This is what they've got. COVID is all his fault. He's done a terrible job. He doesn't care about it. And look, did the president say some things in the early days that, in retrospect, were probably unwise about this issue? Yes, of course. Of course. But everybody did. Everyone thought it wasn't going to be that bad, including Fauci, including Democrats, including de Blasio in New York and Cuomo. People who were saying, go out, shop, don't worry about it. Go out and shop a little bit. Go buy yourself more things. Your governor is here to take care of you. Make sure you're all safe and sound. What do I mean by safe and sound? When you're safe and sound, you don't have to worry at night because I've brought you some warm milk milk in a bottle. Why do you want warm milk in a bottle? Warm milk will often help you sleep because there's a biochemical thing that goes on. I can't really explain it, but it's very good for you. Cuomo was saying stupid stuff in the beginning. Cuomo was all about, you know, don't worry about it, we're fine. The only person who is repeatedly and routinely lambasted for what he said in the first month of the pandemic is Trump, which is unfair. Everyone was trying to, you know, everyone in the the political sphere was trying to calm things down, didn't want to panic, didn't want to be seen as panicking, and we got hit much worse than we thought. Now, what people don't want to accept, and Rand Paul was on uh, Fox this morning, and we don't have the audio for you, but I'll just tell you, Rand Paul has adopted exactly his belief. Now, this is a theory. I don't pretend that this is proven yet. But Rand Paul, who's an M.D., OK, so he's a guy who does understand this stuff, has been a practicing M.D. for decades. He's saying, look, it's most likely and based on what we've seen, that it's not that New York wears masks so well now and, and is doing such a good job because you know hashtag science it's that new york has gotten was hit so badly by the virus that there is a herd immunity within the population and that makes sense it's exactly what i've been telling you 20 to 25 percent of new york by serology testing has antibodies and there's a large port we don't know what it is yet but there's also because i think it's much more difficult to test for this they don't have there haven't been testing for this uh we don't know what the t-cell immunity is which you put on top of that Right. Imagine that every let's say it's up to 40 or 50 percent. That means that the virus has half the ability to spread. So instead of the usual spread that would have and this is where you get the R0 or R1, one person infects how many other people? This is how the epidemiologists measure the spread of this. If you cut that number in half right off the bat, because there are half as many people that are susceptible to be infected, you're obviously dramatically contracting a an outbreak wave of this. And there are other states where they did not have the same kind of wave that New York did. So they may be having that now. But if they are having that wave predominantly among younger, healthier people, that would explain why the mortality rate is so much lower. And that is actually a much more desirable outcome than what we had in New York. But no, what we're told is that New York got it right Democrats know what they're doing. California is having the worst uh, outbreak it's had yet in terms of cases, not in terms of. uh, Well, I have to look at what the fatalities specifically are for California. But Rand Paul is saying what I was telling you about last week. It's very likely the 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 case here that one, we can't really we can't stop this virus. That was always a fiction. And that's why we've never tried this before. We are an uncharted territory with these kinds of lockdowns. Uncharted. Never been done like this before. Why? There have been terrible flu outbreaks. You go back in the past. I'm not even just talking about 1918. There have been other years. I think it was called the Hong Kong flu one year. There have been years where a lot of people were dying of flu. We've never tried this lockdown before. And we have tried masks before. They had cloth masks in 1918 during the Spanish influenza. Just just to be, be clear. People were covering their mouths. Still a lot of people getting sick. So this is... Uh, the moment in time where we're, we're either going to see and when I say this I mean in the month of July we're going to see if the cases start dropping dramatically we're going to have this fight again oh is it because of new restrictions or is it because the virus has gone through its course you think about the human body you get infected what, what do they tell you when you get a common cold well you can either wait seven days or, or treat it for a week right you know wait for your body to fight it for 7 days or you can treat it every day for a week with whatever it is you think basically you're going to be sick for about a week with with a cold i'm not talking about covid-19 but these systems these these viruses that that occur they they have a natural progression this virus seems to also have a progression that it goes through a population and there are certain susceptible markers we don't even know what the flu- we keep focusing on age which we know is Uh, Certainly one characteristic that causes problems. But we we focus on age and we focus on on comorbidities like diabetes. There could be blood type. There could be T cell immunity. There are these other things that we may find out play a big role in whether or not a popular or whether an individual within a broader population is susceptible to this disease. But lockdown or no, this virus tends to have its way. It goes through a population and then it moves on. And we, we, we are in a huge argument for the uh, around the politics of this and the science of this. No one really knows. And and that we're being told now that it's just because it's really a, a self uh, like a self flagellation that we're going through as a society. We're being told, oh, if only we had listened more to the scientists and listened more to the experts, this wouldn't have happened to us. I just don't I don't believe that that's true. And I think there's a very strong case you could make that we did exactly what the experts told us to didn't really matter. And now we're being told to do things by experts that won't matter again. And they're claiming that if we don't do it, you know, whatever happens to us is our fault. And it's uh, it's troubling to say the least. It's like we do we do not learn the right lessons. We just uh, we learn the most politically convenient ones for one side and blaming Trump for all this. Okay, now he's wearing a mask. Now we're going to go through this whole mask thing. California has been has been a masked up state for months. And it's gotten hit with a huge wave of this. Uh, I, I don't know. People that believe so much in science, you have virus in the air that you can't see, that's moving through, that, that's particles that you can't see, and viruses, are, you know, you need an electron microscope to see one. And you have mesh on your mouth that has big, big, you know, not to our eyes, but if you looked in a microscope, it has big holes in it, and you're breathing in and breathing out. So, yeah, do I think that it's useful for you if, you know, so you don't spit out at somebody and maybe that has a lot more virus? That's that's possible. But if this is really about long, continuous contact and the virus being in the air, you're breathing in and out virus with this mask on the same way you'd be. I I don't know. I don't know why that's such a uh, this is like a heretical concept now, but I'm just trying to think it through. And I've read peer reviewed medical journal studies that say exactly that. But I don't want to I don't want to get into the mask, fight. I just I want to be very clear that locking people up or making finding them a thousand dollars because they don't want they don't wear a mask is um, is absurd is absurd outside. It's absurd. There's no basis for this. You're in the Freedom
0: Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: China. Back in the headlines, President Trump, his uh, Department of State and Department of Justice taking action here. The uh, consulate in China, I'm sorry, in Houston, the Chinese consulate in in Houston has been ordered to be closed. Now, why would that happen? You might ask, why, why is that something that's going to happen? Well, consulate may have been a hub of uh, intelligence and espionage activity specifically trying to steal intellectual property and trade secrets and this is what the Chinese government has been doing to us for decades and nobody until Trump was willing to do really much of anything about it we just kept on sitting around saying oh I guess we're getting I guess we're going to keep getting ripped off by the Chinese I guess we're going to keep getting you know treated this way what can you do no, this is a huge problem, one that should be confronted. Uh, you, all, you have the closure of this consulate, the Chinese government saying that they may respond in kind and close a U.S. consulate somewhere. But it's like we've woken up from our somnambulance and are finally in a place where uh, we're seeing the Chinese Communist Party for what it really is. Now we understand that they're not looking, they're not looking to make friends, they're not looking to play nice. They want to cheat. They want to steal. And they have been doing this systematically for basically as long as I've been alive. And now we're finally saying enough, enough is enough. Um, China is calling this, its, its foreign ministry is calling this an unprecedented escalation. And they say they're going to retaliate in kind. Uh, the U.S. Department of State has said that, quote, they close this in order to protect American intellectual property and Americans' private information did not immediately provide additional details of what prompted the closure. Uh, the Chinese uh, Chinese media says the consulate has 72 hours to close. Um, protect intellectual property from theft because what's going on is the Chinese are using their, uh, their footholds in the United States to f- do everything they can to steal as much intellectual property from us as they can. And th- that is their move. That is the maneuver. So you also have... Uh, reporting that in I think it's in San Francisco in the consulate there there's someone that we think has been up to some bad stuff on behalf of China and we're we're thinking they're hiding somebody in the consulate in San Francisco. I mean this is this is old school. We're going to wake up at some point. We're we it's the early stage now and realize that we're in a cold war with China, folks. All right? This is the new cold war. It's just being fought differently. It's much more cyber. It's much more um, uh, ha- happening on the Web. But this is China's biggest campaign. And remember, they've got a much larger population than us. And uh, you know, th- there are some advantages that they have in the long game against us. So our intellectual property is you know, our technology uh, and information advantage. That's our single most valuable economic and in many ways military asset, too. Right. If China has, you know, faster planes and better aircraft carriers and submarines and, you know, you name it. And we get into a conflict with them down the line. We're going to be in a really bad spot. They got a whole lot more people than us do. So and, and I know we haven't really been thinking about any near peer competitor in that way in a long time since the fall of the Soviet Union. We're going to, have to start thinking about that again. China is not looking to be number two. They're not happy in the number two spot. China wants to be number one. They're challenging the United States. They're challenging our hegemony. And this is the execution of their plan that we're seeing, a longstanding plan that they've unfortunately been allowed to be very successful in up to this point. People are Rubio is claiming the consulate was a central node of Communist Party spies. Yeah, you don't say not a surprise at all. Um, Democrats, of course, want to pretend this isn't a threat. They don't want to act like the Trump administration is doing the right thing. Because they've been completely asleep at the wheel, and if it's a choice between helping Trump or allowing the Chinese Communist Party to get away with this stuff, we all know they're they're going to allow the Chinese Communist Party to get away with this stuff. That's the Democrats' preference. Shows you where shows you where their priorities lie.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast,
1: the iHeartRadio Radio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Harsanyi time, everybody. David Harsanyi in the house, senior writer over at National Review, longtime conservative thinker, thought leader. He's uh, skillful with the pen or I guess with the keystroke. Mr. Harsanyi, good to have you back.
3: Thank you for those kind words.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, So tell me this. Yeah, you're technically you are my first ever op-ed editor at the blaze so you know we we go we go way back now almost a decade david i I forget about this sometimes yeah so so tell me this yeah uh you you are in dc right now uh how are you gonna feel if you go outside in a relatively suburban area of dc get some sunshine No one near you And uh, D.C. Metro pulls up and says, where's your mask, buddy? Here's a thousand (laughs) dollar fine.
3: It's crazy. I mean, I think when we start going from suggesting that people do things for the common good, which incidentally, most people, I think, basically do to criminalizing their lack of an action, which, you know, It's somewhat proven. I mean, obviously, it's probably you probably disagree, but I think it's helpful in in mitigating it, especially inside if you're in places for a long time, et cetera. But outside, I mean, I don't think there's any science to say that, especially if I'm social distancing already, that I need to wear a mask.
1: Can I just I just want to hop in, David? I I don't I don't disagree. um, And I appreciate the delicate way you put that. I don't disagree that there are circumstances indoors where, you know, even if a mask is going to maybe mitigate spread. Five percent. OK, well, you know, if you're near your senior relatives or someone immunocompromised or you're going to be in close quarters for a long time, you know, that maybe that five percent is worth it. Right. And, and certainly in hospital settings and other situations. So I'm not an anti-masker, um, but I do know that outside all there. They have done studies. Everyone has looked at this so far and said outside in the open air, it, it, you, you are you're posing effectively zero risk of transmission. And if we're going to start making serious mandates, I mean, a thousand dollars, possible jail time for things that are based on an outlandish possibility, I just don't know where that stops and starts for the government.
3: Well, there's no end to it. I don't think. I mean, once you start jailing people or finding, you know, these are serious fines. If you're not, you know, for for middle class or working class person, a thousand dollars is is you know rent or whatever. So these are serious fines. I think. You know, and I think you're right. I mean, and also, by the way, private places and indoor places already put their own mandates on having to wear masks. You can't come in my store if you don't wear a mask. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% fine with that. Uh, but outdoors, it's it's nuts. And, uh, you know, where does that lead? What does that say about other things? I mean, I'm not comparing it to the flu. I realize it's much worse, etc. but still 40 to 50,000 people die every year. That matters too, right? Those are a lot of lives. And if you can do that sort of thing now, why couldn't you do it in other situations i mean that, that, that could save lives why are not we try you know, you know
1: you know the whole or, hour, why is the speed limit 30 um, miles an hour nationwide that would say that would save a lot it would save a lot of life as a matter of of fact it would save a lot of lives we all know that and i i, I would note cool. that whenever someone brings up there there's this 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 visceral reaction to the flu comparison that, that you just made and and i've made it many times too and when, when libs do engage on it it automatically turns into it's not the flu. And that's not the point. right? We're not saying it's the flu. We're not saying it's not worse than the flu. We're just saying, I mean, 40 to 50,000 or 40 to 60,000 lives separately from COVID-19. That's a lot of lives. So why don't we why don't we have all these restrictions in place?
3: Yeah, yeah. Here's my problem. Where is this arbitrary line where something becomes an emergency, where governors can act like dictators? Now, people are going to be mad about that because they'll say they're only doing it, you know, to help people for the common good. But that's – listen, most emergencies – I mean most uses of power come out of some real-life crisis, right, so that people take power when they shouldn't. I made this point elsewhere, but uh, the Hungarian um, prime minister took powers over this over society essentially during COVID. He's already given them back like a month ago, and the guy in California is still using them, right? What what, uh, what is the arbitrary number of lives saved that gives power that says the constitution doesn't matter? That says you can shut down churches. That says you can throw people in jail for not putting a cloth over their mouth. I just want to know. Let me know how many lives are you know what is the what is the number 100,000, There has to be some sort of um, number. Otherwise, we can just throw the Constitution to the side whenever we feel like I it. Mean, and that. then what is it worth? Not much.
1: I, I have this, this uh, an example that comes to mind is, you know, there was this uh, move that restaurants made uh, where they were handing out what are, or they were selling what are called Cuomo chips. I'm sure you've seen this where because Cuomo just says, I don't want people just sitting outside even and drinking at a restaurant. They have to be eating food. Uh, so you can't serve them alcohol. Uh, you have to serve them food as well. So then the restaurants started selling one dollar uh, potato chips or nuts, a tiny. And these restaurants are barely. I know restaurants that are going through this, right? They're barely hanging on to whatever they've got. They're way behind in rent. They're at half staff. They've had to furlough or fire people. And so they say, OK, fine, we'll sell a dollar you know, potato chips. Now Cuomo has changed it. No, it has to be a substantial meal. With your and, and what I want to ask people is okay if that's now the if that's now the rule what about it has to be the three major food groups you know what about it has to be a nice mixture of protein carb and fat because there's a health issue there too and people look at me like I'm crazy I say no I'm serious there's no he's just making these determinations there's no legislation there's no yeah, constitution they, they look
3: yeah they look at you like you're crazy now but four, five months from now you know they'll be so, so they'll, they'll, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, 13 years ago, I wrote a book called Nanny State where, you know, what, what happens is there's always a mission creep. You say that's, you know, you'll say, well, if you can do this, there's a slippery slope and they're like, you're just overreacting. That's just crazy. You're crazy. And then like five months later, you're arguing about that. And they move to the next thing, you know, and this has ha- ha- been happening. First it was flatten the curve and now it's, I'm going to throw you in jail if you don't wear a cloth on your face outside. I mean, that's a pretty big jump in three months. If I would have told you that you were going to fine people a thousand dollars and possibly throw them in jail in March, you would have you would have laughed. They would have laughed at you and said, you're crazy. That's never going to happen.
1: And here we are and now. Now we're there. Yeah. And, and, and with people the one a national mask mandate,
3: like what I always want to yell at the reporter, like what under what constitutional power does the president have empowered to, to have a mask mandate in the states? Who's going to enforce it? Is the CDC going to drop uh, para, paratroopers
1: into Wyoming? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's insane. And and Sorry, people say this. Up. No, dude, I'm, I'm getting fired up about it, too. People say this on TV like it's intelligent. You know, Democrats are pushing this. Even some Republicans. I mean, this is there's a there's a, a bipartisan statism that is just mind blowing right now. And wh- whenever you try to ask this, whenever you try to engage the debate, People just respond with this shrill hysteria. You can't talk about anything anymore. I mean, my point about the Cuomo chips, what, what's a substantial meal? And you might say, oh, well, Buck, how big a deal is this? Well, he's going to pull liquor licenses from restaurants that don't do what he says, which puts them immediately out of business. I mean, this mean and so, you know, if you've spent a million dollars renovating a restaurant and you put your life savings into it, Cuomo can come come over and be like, you know, and you're already on the brink of collapse and bankruptcy because of the lockdowns for the pandemic. Now he can come along and be like, you know, you're not serving enough food with the booze you're serving. What this has to do with science is beyond anyone's comprehension. Uh, So I'm going to pull your liquor license. Now they're done now. Now they're finished. And I look at the and he's threatening to do that. Right. That's what he says he's going to do. I'm not making this up. And everyone seems to walk around like this is all okay. Are, are we just in a mass a mass psychosis right now because of the real threat of COVID nineteen, but that I do think has been greatly exaggerated? Is that where we are? What's happening?
3: Well, I think that we've moved from trying to go, or maybe we never were there, but from governing, which you, you know you judiciously and diligently deal with stuff, you think about science, but you also think about the economic trade offs involved, and you try to move forward. And now it's just turned into fear mongering. I mean, I uh, you know people. Uh, most of the, the folks who now pretend that New York did great and everyone else has done poorly are fear-mongering, you know, they, they they and lying, basically, but fear-mongering. And people are susceptible to that. it's, it's susceptible to that. It would,
1: be, it would be like well, if we were talking, and we're speaking to David Harsanyi of National Review, you should all be reading his stuff over at National Review. Um, uh, D- David, it would to me, it would be like if we were doing an assessment. I mean, the media is engaged in this game right now. If we were doing an assessment of, Natural disaster response, right? And and let's say we're focusing in on how how, you know uh, New York has done in response to you know a a hurricane, um, and versus you know how Florida does in response to hurricanes. And New York had just suffered, you know, thirty thousand dead from a hurricane that ripped through, and then Florida gets hit with a much lesser hurricane and has you know 4000 dead this month as opposed to new york's 30,000 dead back in march and april and everyone's saying look at what a great job new york does with hurricanes it's, uh, it's
3: how, the, it, you know it's the most it's the most despicable gaslighting i've seen in political journalism in a long time people like paul krugman are doing it you know this is how what we can accomplish zero deaths today this is what we can accomplish if only we follow the lead of Mario Cuomo, who sent a bunch of people to die in nursing homes at whose state and city of New York.
1: Andrew. But yeah. Mario's was, the dad. Uh, oh,
3: I said Mario. Yeah, no, there, I, uh, I really. We know who Mario you meant.
1: Yeah. So, you know, David, I, I also yeah. want to ask you, I mean, the, but you're, you're right about the nursing home thing. That's just it's it's a decision that was made that no intelligent person could have thought that was a good idea at the time. And it clearly led to a lot of people dying and that they're pretending that Cuomo did a good job and that he's in a position to lecture anybody. This is look. This is why you look, Democrats. I don't want to say can't trust (laughs) him. Let's tell people can't trust him. But I I do want to get your take on what we see going on in Portland and now also Chicago. A number of cities have come up here where it, it, it has become the the dominant narrative among the Democrat Party and the national media that federal law enforcement officers, are an invading army in U.S. cities. That's really what they're suggesting and saying with all this they're not allowed to come here stuff. This is beyond stupid and reckless. What is the the real game plan?
3: Well, I just want to say it's a good segue that we can't trust Democrats. I mean, I, for a few hours the other day, fell for this idea that we had federal troops in camo, which they were in camo, but, you know, in, in unmarked vans without their badge numbers, kidnapping... Uh, Americans. And I, I didn't fall for it completely, but I was like, this is kind of out of line. We can't have militarized police uh, in cities dealing with protesters, even if they're somewhat violent like this. That's a local concern. And I still sort of believe that in general. It's a local con- I would leave Portland to the anarchists and their are betters in government and let them deal with it. But the idea that the federal government can't show up to protect federal courthouse buildings and federal monuments is absurd. And this one—it was one arrest, as far as I know. I could be wrong. And the guy was released an hour and a half later. He was read his Miranda rights. He didn't want to speak without a lawyer, and they let him go. I mean, this, to call that an invasion, as Michelle Goldberg did in the New York Times, is a, is it's, it's demented, right? <laughs> yeah, and, these, uh, these
1: people want to be taken seriously, David. All these issues, and I know I, I sat in a fusion center for almost two years with NYPD, FBI, DHS, ICE, U.S. Marshal—you name it. This happens in cities all across the country every day, and they're helping each other on yeah. cases and backing each other up and going out on raids. It's it's like it's like our journalist. It's like our journalist together. class knows nothing about zero about law enforcement.
3: I mean, the DEA, when I lived in Denver, I used to cover the drug war stuff and the DEA was banging down doors and yep. going into houses. And I'm not sure that the local police even knew about that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they were undercover. Listen, I don't like the camo. There's a symbolism there. I'm not crazy about military style things in cities, but we have to be honest here. These are rioters and terrorists quite often. Not all of them, but plenty of them. They firebombed the Portland uh, federal courthouse or tried to. There's video of this stuff. And then they act like it's like some, you know, Nazi army showing up. It's just and, and they still pretend like it's nothing. I see. Reporters pretending like there's no violence, no one's doing anything. I mean, there's a quality of life issue. I'm, I'm an I'm absolutist on, on free speech, right? But the people who live in these cities also have rights. You can't simply shut down entire parts of cities and not let businesses open and not let people move around and have freedom of movement. It's just, it's a disaster.
1: Do you think the Democrats are, are finally, um, I've been saying today that I think that they've kind of bitten off more than they can chew right now with this whole movement, all the stuff going on? Do you think that they're on defense or am I am I giving the the uh, the American people too much credit?
3: I think that because they have Trump always to just, you know, call him a fascist and lean on Trump and Trump often giving them, you know, saying things that gives them some, re- some reason to do that uh, makes it a little easier for them. But I mean, I don't know how long this can happen in cities where people don't start to say, wait a minute. Uh, Democrats. I mean, has has Joe Biden or anyone said anything about these rioters in cities? I don't think so. The only thing people nope. remember is Nancy Pelosi saying that sometimes statues have to come down, which yep. is essentially uh, you go know for saying it. that the mob is okay.
1: Yeah, go for it. I, the Democrats, the the recklessness and the intellectual dishonesty, just the dishonesty is is pretty incredible every day. But anyway, man, stay safe, David. Don't don't go uh, challenging the Antifa mob to a to a one-on-one, okay? Make sure that you uh, stay in stay indoors.
3: You'll be heartened to know I'm usually right here in this good, spot.
1: Good. You stay Never. safe, buddy. <laughs> David Harsani, everybody, nationalreview.com. Check out his latest. Also follow him on Twitter. Thanks so much, David. Thank you.
0: You're in the freedom hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show Podcast.
3: Today's far left is not interested in winning debates with better arguments. They prefer to shut down debate altogether. They don't try to win the contest. They just harangue the referees to stop the game. If they don't like an op-ed, they want it unpublished. If they don't like a tweet, they want to track down the author and get them fired. If they don't like a tenured professor, they throw around Orwellian accusations that his or her ideas make them feel, make them feel unsafe.
1: Mr. McConnell understands what's going on here. I agree. I agree. Mr. McConnell understands cancel culture. <laughs> I think he's got it. I think he knows what's really going on, folks. I I mentioned this top of the show. I just wanted to tell you all, you know, the New York Times has an op-ed out. Uh, speaking of cancel culture and what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, an op-ed that takes the position uh, that if you... Form a private, a private pod. So you get bring kids together because schools aren't going to be open because Democrats won't open them, even though the science is not with them on this. If you try to form a, a private, st- essentially study group for your kids, you're according to this New York Times op ed, you are engaged in systemic racism. Um, that's that's and and you're not. Keep in mind Uh, you're not in any way they call it the 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 editorials the latest in segregation that's what they're calling in school segregation private pandemic pods if they become the norm less privileged kids will suffer so basically this is an editorial written by an educator in the new york times telling you make sure you feel a lot of guilt if you're white of course white guilt if you respond to the shutdown of schools by having study groups that your kids will be in with other kids and having certain adults lead them and effectively organize on your own what would be like homeschooling um, because that will disenfranchise predominantly minority students who won't have parents who, in this editorialist opinion, will take the same steps, do the same things. So she doesn't have, by the way, this uh, Clara Totenberg-Green uh, who wrote this op-ed on the latest in school segregation. Wow, that's what she calls it. Yeah, she doesn't have an answer for you uh, as to what should be done because what are parents supposed to do? They, they they are trying to figure out ways to adapt to Democrats shutting down schools. She just wants you to know, feel guilty about it. Feel guilty about your kids getting ahead. That's the whole purpose
0: of the editorial. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Team Buck, it's time for roll call.
1: I kind of like that old jazz. Jazzy jazz, you know. Is that is that be considered big band or no? That's not. Yes, big band. it's actually labeled big band. It is. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I like that stuff. That's that's kind of it's kind of fun actually. Um, what is producer Mark's least favorite type of music? I don't know if I have one. Maybe classical. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if you saw the New York Times had a uh, uh, published an editorial on how to get rid of. To get rid of discrimination in classical music auditions, get rid of the blind audition, meaning that they, you know, it used to be that uh, orchestras were almost entirely male. And so then they started putting up a partition and letting men and women compete uh, just by virtue of the sound that they make with their instrument. And then women became a much bigger part of orchestras uh, percentage wise, basically close to 50 percent. I think now it might even be a little more. Um, But there are not enough black and Latino members of elite orchestras. So the New York Times uh, editorial page wants to go back to essentially they found a way to not discriminate. And now they want to go back to positive discrimination. That's their view. So I don't think I talked about that on the show before. I just thought that was interesting because, you know, what about what about uh, the different sports teams? You know, are are we going to start saying are we going to eliminate? Uh, you know, athletic ability and, and say we need, we need a more diverse sports team. When no, one, no one ever advocates for that. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. No one's, no one's t- telling the NHL, where, where are all of your guys who are Asian American, let's say? You don't see that. Are there actually a question for you, Mark? Are there any Asian American NHL players, just as, out of curiosity, that you can think of? Off the top of my head, no. Fair enough. I mean, I remember Jeremy Lin in the NBA, you know, Lin Sanity. Everybody was talking about a guy who had a he had a huge period there of, you know, a lot of media attention. But anyway. All right. All right. Back to roll call. Um, Kevin. For, oh, remember, go to bucksexon.com, please. Posting stuff. Also, uh, the Hill dot com. I have an editorial going up there today on how the Democrats are the riot party. Please uh, read it. Click it. Like it. All that good stuff. Kevin, I bought a gun in May and have not been cleared by the Colorado background check system, parts of which are suspended indefinitely for the pandemic. You see, they're already seizing our guns under the auspices of public health, and they're getting away with it, so they won't stop there. Today, it is new guns. Soon, it will be all guns. Could you clarify for me this wave of leftism? Isn't this a branch of communism? The left aren't socialists anymore. They've gone full commie from my perspective, and I think we should clearly identify them as such. Unfortunately, the commies took control of education decades ago. My 16-year-old daughter only knows the radical left agenda despite my teaching her otherwise, and in her words, it is the job of her generation to educate the rest of us. I don't see how America will survive the next 50 years with millions of wannabe revolutionaries, social justice warriors, and community organizers running around. Shields, Rocky Mountain High. Kevin, hmm. First of all, excellent, uh, excellent note to us. Thank you so much. And uh, is today's leftism a branch of communism? There are similarities with communism. There are differences with communism. And it's worth always noting that the earliest uh, communists thought of themselves and would write of themselves as socialists in the early days of the movement. So they they thought of and Marx would write of socialism Often and, and that they would refer to themselves as socialists. So there's the distinctions can get very blurry. There's the, the clear academic uh, the academic definition of you know, communism. You have to have a a, a revolutionary committee or a, a central committee. Really, it's a revolution until it gets established long enough, but a central committee that makes all the determinations about the production and distribution of goods uh, that that's a that's a pretty broad, pretty loose definition, but that's a distinction between just general socialism. Uh, so this is why people talk about democratic socialism versus uh, communism is really just um, totalitarian socialism. That might be a, a good way of, of thinking about it. Uh, yeah. So that's what I got for you on that. And as for your 16 your year old daughter. I don't know. Hopefully she'll start paying taxes and realize that the world isn't what she's been led to believe it is by the libs. But, you know, I don't know. People are I know adults. I know people that knew me before I got into politics and they've been occasionally reaching out to me in recent months. And they're just like, I don't understand. I thought you were so nice and like smart and like you're you're so right wing. (laughs) I always like, oh, well, I guess this kind of was kind of a compliment, but not really. I don't know. Lewis, next up in the mix here, Buck and Mark. I'm in California, a fellow union worker. turned me on to your show in the summer of 2019. I've not missed a show since. Thank you so much for what you do. Well, thank you, Lewis. Man, I really appreciate that. Thank you for the loyalty to the Freedom Hub, man. Honored to have you. About the mask mandate, I believe that the left is pushing this agenda to actually spread the virus. If you think about it, when you see your doctor prepping for surgery, he or she scrubs and puts on PPE. The general public dons their PPE, then touches a number of surfaces while in public, then may touch, remove, adjust PPE without having clean hands. Just a thought. Once again, love the show and shields high. Lewis, uh, first of all, thank you so much. As for your what you're saying about PPE, um, I agree in part and don't see it the same way in part. On the touching of face masks and the Using of face masks that may be contaminated uh, that that originally was a was a major concern and one of the reasons why we were told not to wear masks. But that has since been abandoned because we're now in a mask mania and led to believe that if only we wear masks, all of this will go away. Because I think at some level also there's a there's a deep psychological need that many people have in this country to think that uh, that it's in our hands And that if only we listen to the science, we'll all be okay. when we'll be okay, but it has nothing to do really. Ultimately, with listening to the science, the virus is doing what the virus does. People don't like to hear that. I understand that. I don't like to say it. But I I think that's what an honest view of what has happened in the last few months would would tell anybody. Uh, So, yeah, PPE getting contaminated and then becoming a source of possible transmission on its own. That's a real concern. People have been bringing that up and it makes sense. Just think it through. That makes sense. Right. And then as for um, the next uh, part of this, that you think the Democrats might be doing this on purpose. I I I can't say that I see that Uh, it was this would be I think they want lockdowns and they want masks because of the symbolism of it. I, I don't think that they're actively. I do believe there are a lot of Democrats that think that masks will make everything better there. I think they believe it. I don't think that they're right, but I do think they believe it. So I don't think that they're doing it for the purpose that you laid out. But, you know, I don't know everything. So I'll say that. Uh, Ryan. Hey, Buck, I work at a retirement community in Virginia. We have around 200 residents and 400 staff. Since the pandemic started, we've managed to not have any residents test positive for COVID and only five staff have tested positive. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid and the Virginia Department of Health have put together guidelines for us to reopen our nursing home and assisted living facility. It's a phase reopening. And in order to get us to phase two, it was mandatory to test every resident and all staff. The National Guard came out and did all of our testing on site. The results took five days to get back, begging the question, why do it in the first place? If positive results come back, what good are they when the resident or staff has been exposing others around them? Love your thoughts on this. Shields high, brother. Well, Ryan, you're you're at the you know, that's that's kind of ground zero for where the highest risk is for the uh, residents in the retirement community. So I'm, I'm sure you have a view of this that would be very interesting for others to know about. And as I. Uh, as for what you're telling me about the, the testing lag, yeah, of course. And this is why I've been saying that you all know, if you listen to the show, I've been saying, just think it through, test and trace, which was a mantra repeated endlessly and mindlessly on TV, almost entirely by Democrat politicians and, and assorted uh, talking heads and, and medical experts that the left likes, that was absurd. We've got 60,000 cases a day, which means probably uh, uh, 600,000 New infections every day. So, how are you going to trace that? Of course, you're not going to trace that. I mean, it's 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 a complete, it's a joke. It's absurd. But the people that thought we would be able to trace that are still now telling you, you know, wear a mask, wear a mask, do this or else. Hmm. Where's it not? We're not supposed to pay attention to what they've been wrong about in the past, of course. Uh, Yeah. So the lag in testing and also the inability to trace shows you that one of the one of the mantras of the left on this all along is forget about being rooted in the science. It's just not rooted in rational thought. It's not possible that you're going to trace all these cases, not even close. You can't even trace all these uh, trace all these cases in one city. And even if you could trace them, what good would it do you? I think you're always going to be playing catch up. OK, if you if you trace a thousand cases that a new cases on Monday in Miami, you, you traced them all. OK, but then the next day you're going to find out that those thousand people have, have infected another thousand people. You try you try to trace that. You know, you're always you're, you're always chasing after it. You're not going to get to a point where you can contain this disease moves too quickly. And it's already too far throughout the community. So that's that's all you need to know with that. It really it really is. Um, OK, next up here, Mike. Hey, Buck, love the show. Tinfoil hat stuff here. But what are the odds the deep state gets Gillian Maxwell to testify against Trump with some phony, egregious connection to Epstein? November surprise, maybe. Um, Mike, I first of all, we love that you love the show. So thank you for that. I don't think that's going to happen, but it is a certainly creative way to think about it. Um, I don't think that that that, that would be look, because if she testified, let's just let's just play your theory out for a second. If she testified against Trump, she'd have to provide some some kind of evidence. Uh, and if and if she wasn't able to, I think it would be too clear that this was a setup, that it was a ruse, a hoax, all of that. So that's where it is. And that's where we are. Thank you, Mike, for writing in. You're in the Freedom Hut. This
0: is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: The roll calleth continueth with Todd. Where are the Republican fighters? Cruz, Paul, Gowdy, Gowdy, Trey, Gowdy, Crenshaw, Graham. Come on, guys. We need to be fighting every day. The election's only 105 days away. It's the fourth quarter and we are losing. We need a lot of offense right now. And it seems the Republicans aren't even playing defense. They're just forfeiting. Thank you for fighting for us, brother. Shields high. Todd? Endorsed. Agree. Cosign. I, I, I feel like, you know, Cruz has been stepping up and saying some good stuff recently. Um, Graham, he, he, he's going to get the answers for us. You know, he's going he's gonna to go on Fox tonight, and he's going to get to the bottom. That's what we hear from the same. We hear the same stuff from Lindsey Graham every day. Every day, same stuff. you know, I, I i I'm, I've had enough. I'm gonna, we're gonna get answers. Sure, he's been gonna get you answers for four years now in the Trump era. He's not getting you any answers. But you know, the, the Senate Intelligence Committee has been a waste during the whole Russia thing. Just totally MIA on on all things Trump Russia collusion. So Lindsey Graham, not exactly, uh, not exactly getting it, getting it done. I know he's on Judiciary, but I'm just saying the Senate—they could do the same. They could do the same kind of, same kind of review. Uh, chopper, as in get to the chopper. Hey, Buck, love the show. I'm old enough to remember when President Obama ordered drone strikes on American citizens, and the Democrats loved it. This feigned outrage over DHS tactics in Portland is comical. Chopper, I understand, man. I get it. I'm with you. I, I think that there's a huge there has always been a huge double standard in assessing anything from the Obama administration and what has been going on in the Trump administration. There was barely a peep from the media when Obama not only dro- uh, ordered the droning of Anwar al-Awlaki, but also his 16 year old son. U.S. citizens, folks, droned, done. And everyone just was supposed to say, OK, well, Obama thought they were really bad. And they were at least in a foreign country, so no one made too much noise about it. That is what happened. Aaron, this is so stupid. These Democrats are going against the Constitution, and they need to be called out for it, like you are doing. I've always loved listening when you talk. Very influential, Aaron. Thank you so much. That's really kind of you. And uh, we we do the best we can here every day. And the good news is, because of folks like you, the show is constantly growing, audience is growing, and we have more and more influence. Which is what I look. I make no secret of it that's what i want i want i want every conservative in the country to be listening to this show this radio show and whatever your station is and uh listening to to our podcast bucksexson.com remember spotify iheart app you can listen to it there and yeah that's my that's my plan that's what i hope so thank you so much aaron and yes in terms of the constitutionality of what the democrats are saying what they're doing they're horrible <laughs> how about that they're just the worst. Uh, they they are calling for national mask mandates, and, and I just I want to pull my hair out, which I won't do, of course. But I want to pull my hair out because where where is that authority? And if you can give everybody a national mask mandate, how long does that last? How do you enforce that? Are we going to start locking people up for not wearing masks outside because there's some small chance that it might reduce maybe one transmission of a virus that has a 99.7% survival rate. That's really the country we're going to be living in. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. Uh, Let's see. Brian, tell me it's Eye of the Tiger you belt out to producer Mark and producer Nick to rile them up for the work. Greatness. It's the Eye of the Tiger for producer Mark. Rising up to his challenge. As the board up, what do you think? I am not a board up. Yeah, I know, but you gotta you gotta run the board. We don't really have a board anymore. Well, yeah, but that's under you. You know, you produce all of the things. Yeah, that's executive producer Mark to you. Yeah, that's fair. Executive producer Mark. He's "Eye of the Tiger" might become his new fight song in the morning, so that may that may end up happening. Um, depends on how grumpy he is. Jenna, Hagen, hey Buck Craven T shirts. your Conversation. Do one with Commie Bear. I'm so in. And a Shields High. You know, Warrior, working on my whole wardrobe in anticipation. Shields High. Gina, we'll get it done. Producer Mark will be in charge of design and approval. And that's how we'll roll. Everybody, thanks for being here. We'll talk more tomorrow. Shields High.